KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Now, former President Donald Trump was impeached for a second time just before his term expired. Impeached on a single count, incitement of insurrection against the U.S. government. Of course, that's in connection with the January 6th riot at the Capitol. Now we await a trial in the Senate. But what will that look like with a president that's already out of office? What happens if he is convicted? Have we ever seen anything like this before at any level? To find out, we reached out to Dr. Carol Nakanoff. She is the Richter Professor of Political Science at Swarthmore College. Give a listen. So let's start. I think everybody knows the answer to this, but just so we're all on the same page. A second impeachment of a president is unprecedented, correct? That is correct. Yes. How will this work specifically with a president who's out of office? Well, we don't have much of a roadmap. First of all, there is precedent for impeaching and holding a trial uh, in the Senate for someone who resigned their position. And the Senate actually held in that case that they did have the power to try a former government official. So in other words, they didn't limit that holding to someone who had literally raced over to the White House and resigned a few minutes before the House was going to impeach him. This was a case involving uh, Secretary of War under uh, Ulysses Grant, William Belknap, and he was apparently quite corrupt. And so he resigned rather than face disqualification from future office holding and things like that. But he resigned literally the same day, I believe, that the House was going to impeach him. And they went ahead and did impeach him. And so the Senate asked the question, could they impeach a former official? And the answer was yes. So there is that precedent, but is someone who resigned the same as someone whose full term in office uh, was fulfilled? We get some different views on that. Uh, Former Judge uh, Luddick of the Fourth Circuit, who was quite conservative, back when the Fourth Circuit was the darling of the Republicans, uh, they they loved to take cases out of the Fourth Circuit. But he believed that once Trump has finished his term, he he is no longer eligible to be impeached. But the Senate precedent on former officials seems to say you can do we expect, is this a question that's going to have to be answered before the Senate trial, or is this something that we might not get a resolution to until well after this has all taken place? Well, you may never get a resolution to that question, period, except by the Senate doing it. In other words, if they hold the trial, they obviously presume that they can hold the trial. And Mitch McConnell seems to be open to holding that trial. Of course, it won't be up to him. But the question would only arise, I suppose, I mean, it could arise on the floor. There may be some Republicans who claim the Senate doesn't have the authority to do it. Um, But if Trump were removed from office, 
well, he can't be removed from office, but he could be found uh, convicted and then could be barred from holding any office of public trust under the federal government again. I suppose that he could challenge that in a court as, you know, the Senate exceeding its authority. I don't know whether he would or would not. Right now, the Senate is believe, behaving as if it does have the power to hold a trial. What's interesting is that we also have evidence that um, the Senate believes they can, has actually they've held and they've done it before, that they've separated the conviction and disqualification, you know, future disqualification. What's interesting about that is not that you could decide not to disqualify somebody because they've done that, but rather that you could disqualify by just a majority vote, uh, whereas a, a conviction does require a two-thirds vote. The disqualification does not. Yeah, so, to, that, to that point, because I think a lot of people are operating under the, the idea that the, the end game for this would be to disqualify, but... It it doesn't make a lot of logical sense that you would get two-thirds of senators to vote for conviction and not a simple majority to vote for for the disqualification. But the fact that it is two separate votes, simply on the conviction, what is what does that do? If it doesn't automatically disqualify, what is it just for historical purposes? Um, I, I would say it does two things. One says that for the historical record that the, that the president convict, uh, committed impeachable offenses. But two, there is another, another consequence because there is a clause in the 14th Amendment, Section 3, that says no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office civil or military under the United States or under any state who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemy's thereof. It also says that Congress could remove such a disability. But the bottom line is, is that the 14th, of, even without that bar imposed by the Senate, it's possible that the 14th Amendment also provides some protection against, it could be used to prevent him from ever holding federal office again. So that's, a, that's another route uh, that would possibly serve. And I would imagine, and we talk about, and I don't want to say what's the point, because I understand the, the idea of holding powerful people accountable. But I guess I've also heard, could this void presidential pension, a lot of the perks we see presidents enjoy, I don't want to say enjoy, you know, but have enjoyed, uh, that have they've earned uh, throughout history. Could a conviction void that? You know, um, I did a little bit of uh, looking into that. My reading is probably not. There is a former President's Act, and it's been updated. Oh, it's been amended, but the basics are, are from this Act of 1958. 
And it, it begins, each former president shall be entitled for the remainder of his life, uh, note the gendered language, to receive from the United States a monetary allowance, blah, blah, blah. And that comes out to something like $219,000 a year, not, not enough to keep Trump in his uh, usual lifestyle, of course. It includes an annual travel budget. It includes funding for an office staff, which doesn't pay for much, 150000 a year for the first 30 months, and then 96000 a year thereafter. And I don't think that has been raised. I think that was the 2020 figures. But here's why I think probably he would not end up being stripped. Uh, again, this hasn't been tried, but part of the act says, as used in this section, the term former president means a person, one, who shall have held the office of President of the United States of America. Two, whose service in such office shall have terminated other than by removal pursuant to Section 4 of Article 2 of the Constitution, which is about impeachment. And three, who does not then currently hold such office. Now, even if they may not have really thought about the possibility of a president who was impeached after removed from office after their term, it sounds like the, the clear language of this act would not apply to Trump. And that, that is that it would not disqualify him from his pension. You, you wouldn't, they don't take away your secret service anyhow. But I think probably unlikely Congress could try, uh, the GAO could try, you know, to not pay him something, but then I'm sure we would have a court battle. So let's talk about the the actual trial in the Senate. The question I've had, given that he's no longer in office because his term expired, who defends him? And is that considered a personal lawyer? Does he have to pay for his own defense here, or is this something that is just included within the government? I mean, once again, I know we're in uncharted territory, but uh, it's, you know, well, we've I had, think we're going to end up with Rudy Giuliani again, I guess is what yeah, I'm saying. Well, we've had, yeah, well, right now Trump apparently isn't paying Rudy Giuliani, but but we have had impeachment trials. You know, we know that it's supposed to be presided over by the Chief Justice. I don't think there's, this is not like Article Three trial, you know, a, a, like a, like a, this is not like a criminal trial. And there's no right to counsel. I mean, you, you basically provide your own, as far as I know. I do not believe that that's at government expense. Although I'm not absolutely certain of that, I have no reason to believe that it counsel is at government expense. Is it possible, once again, given that he's out of office, that there is no defense, that he does not provide anyone, and this is just laid at the feet of the Senate to handle however it handles? It's possible. Trump chose not to try to make any defense in the in the the House impeachment either. Did not provide any documents or any defense. So, do you anticipate? There's been concern. I've heard concerns from a wide swath of people on the political spectrum that going forth with this trial would swallow up. Uh, Congress's time, specifically in a critical point, you know, the first hundred days of a new administration. I kind of think that if Congress can't handle multiple things, then we're in worse shape than we thought. 
Um, where do you come down on this? And is there a reason to think that this would overwhelm the Senate, that they can't get other business done? They're, rep- they're claiming that they can do one kind of work in the morning and one kind of work in the afternoon, that they can walk and chew gum at the same time. There could be acrimony that spills over, too. I'm, I don't know whether I'm right to worry about this, but I'm wondering if there are going to be some deals like, you know, I'll vote to support your agenda on X if you don't make me vote on, you know, impeachment. I think that, you know, there, there is not a huge rush. I, I think that President Biden is very anxious to get a COVID relief bill done. And I don't know, I don't know how successful he's going to be anyhow, because all of a sudden you're going to find the fiscal conservatives going ballistic over the deficit. And, uh, you know, they didn't bother during the Trump administration, but all of a sudden we're spending too much money and that's going to become the usual mantra for, for not wanting to give uh, in on, on particular measures that I mean, the president has proposed a lot of big-ticket items. So more stimulus money, more COVID relief. President Biden really wants to move that forward quickly. Uh, he's also already presented an uh, immigration reform bill to Congress. And that's, a, that's almost a third rail. Uh, one of the reasons Trump was so popular is because Americans disproportionately don't want open borders. And to, to offer opportunities, paths to citizenship, green cards, et cetera, et cetera, it's going to be controversial enough. And I, I think things could get somewhat messy if we're doing impeachment and, you know, major policy measures at the same time. Is, is it doable? Yes. Might it have some spillover effects? Yes, I think so. So, aside from the mechanics, given what we we've gotten some interesting signals because if there's conviction, it's going to be it's going to have to take a strong Republican show, and I think the knee jerk reaction is that's never going to happen. But there have been some interesting signals put forth because I think for a lot of Republicans, the idea of closing the door on Donald Trump in 2024 is a powerful carrot. Given your study of politics, our current situation, the mechanics of impeachment, how do you think this plays out? Assuming we have a Senate uh, Senate trial in a reasonable amount of time and, yeah. and we get to the finish line. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's really a key question. You know, uh, Senator McConnell said that, you know, he, he certainly very damning statements about the president and his role in the January 6th uh, riots and uh, storming the Capitol, and also use the word lies in connection to what Trump was telling his supporters. He seems to be, at the moment, open to an impeachment trial and is saying, I'm going to wait and see what the evidence looks like, which does, uh, I mean, if he were to take a stand in favor of conviction, I think he would bring along some other uh, Republicans who would prefer to be rid of Trump and who aren't up for re-election in 2022. So I think people like, I mean, 
you know, you're going to get the Romneys of the world. You might get Susan Collins. You'll get a few. Uh, you'll get a few Republicans, I think. But you will get more if if he decides to come out in favor. And I, I don't know. I think Lindsey Graham may be a lost cause. But there are folks who would like to be rid of the Trump influence on the Republican Party. The problem is, if they stick their wet fingers up and see which way the wind is blowing, Trump retains great popularity at the moment with self-identified Republican voters. And depending on where each senator lives and how safe that seat is, they're going to be thinking long and hard about getting primaried from the right, about whether they're going to get reelected. I mean, I don't think too many of them want to go down in flames in order to take Trump down. It could backfire on them. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 